Hello, everybody, and welcome to Staying Fit ODAT. My name is Migs, and I'm your host. ODAT is an acronym for one day at a time that I picked up in early sobriety and something that's stuck with me every day since. Welcome back to the next episode of Staying Fit ODAT. My name is Migs. I'm your host. I'm a recovering alcoholic. Uh, as I've been reminding you on all of the episodes recently, uh, you can go ahead and leave us a review. The review does help us out a lot with the podcast. It helps be found by people that don't already know what the podcast is, what we're doing. It'll help generate into suggestions on people's platforms, wherever they're listening. So if you have Apple Podcast, Podchaser, any other type of platform, please go ahead, leave a rating, leave a review. It really just helps out. Uh, tremendously for all of our listeners out there. So if you're listening to this episode, uh, go ahead, click the pause button and go ahead and leave us a rating and review. It would it would be greatly, greatly appreciated. With that being said, we're going to go ahead and dive into our next interview today. Uh, today is a Stang Fit ODAT first. And what I mean by that is this is our first returning guest. We are now over 50 episodes in. By the time you're listening to this, um, probably even somewhere around the 60. I always lose track when I'm hitting the record button because we have the queue going on. Um, but again, this is a first because this is our first follow-up guest. This is the first person that we've already done an interview. We've already heard his story. And now we're back to find out what he's doing now. And I'm so, so excited about this. We've been talking about this for a while. If you listen to his first interview we were getting ready to start training for this. He just finished his last uh, goal mission event at that point, and he was just getting ready to start going for this. So here we go. Uh, with without further without further ado, without holding you back anymore, let's go ahead and get that that familiar voice. Also, the first international guest that I've ever had on the podcast uh, is back with us. So again, this this means a lot to me. I'm smiling ear to ear. So is he. That sexy beard is back on the podcast. Welcome back, brother. Tell them who they're listening to. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Henry Ainsley, also known as the Bearded Runner, um, UK. So glad to be back. Excited. Uh, we're so excited. We're so excited. I'm telling you, man, I can't stop smiling. I've been thinking about this one for a while. So just to kind of fill in our listeners a little bit, even though I just rambled a bunch and I really don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, the The... This episode has been getting set up for a while. It's been in the makings pretty much as soon as we hit the stop button on the last interview that we did with you. And you can confirm this. I pretty much reached out to you within a week or two right after. And I said, when we get closer to the next event, I would love to bring you back on the podcast. I would love to follow up. I would love for you to be the first return guest. Like I was already looking forward to it immediately from then because it is so awesome what you're getting ready to do. Um, but I don't want to be the one to let the cat out the bag. I want you to be able to go ahead and say what you're doing. So why don't you remind our listeners what exactly it is that you're getting ready to do in just a couple of weeks here? So um, everyone knows uh, that's following me that I completed the 52 half marathons, various uh, ultra marathons. And then halfway through the year, I made a statement that I was going to run um, – John O'Groats to Land's End, which uh, for everyone that knows it will be from the top of Scotland to the bottom of England, all the way through the Highlands. Um, so basically 900 miles nonstop. I just um, want to I just want to stop and make sure our listeners caught that 900 miles. And he might be in Europe, but he did not break that down in kilometers. So that is not 900 kilometers. That is not just a little over 600 miles. This is 900 miles. This man is getting ready to run. Go ahead. Continue. So, yeah, so there's a lot of mountain, uh, mountain running in that, uh, going through the highlands of Scotland. So for the first, um, for the first 12 days, I will not see any humans apart from my team. So <laughs> it's that bleak. It's basically, so so basically I'm going as far into Scotland as I can before I uh, start to head over your neck of the woods, to be honest. So, <laughs> now, I'm step. not good with geography. So is, is Scotland right by the water then? Is that what you mean by that? Yeah. Yeah. So if I, if I hop off the edge of the water uh, and start swimming, my next step will be, in, will be the USA. So, oh, okay. 
Um, wow. So, so yeah, it's uh, it's it, it's the most bleak terrain, you know, you'll ever find. But the most magical, magical, magical place, you know. There's big lakes, there's big hills. There'll be snow on the hills. Um, so yeah, very very excited, very nervous and very excited. I can um, only imagine. Now, um, I I definitely want to spend a nice amount of time talking about the training here. Because uh, a human being cannot go out and just run 900 miles. You can't just make a statement like that, do a couple five-mile runs and 10-mile runs and say, okay, I'm ready to do 900 miles. This, I can only imagine, and definitely correct me if I'm wrong, because if you're some, some type of superhuman and you don't have to do any of this, then I commend you and definitely make sure our listeners know. But I can only imagine that this takes tremendous amounts of discipline with your training with nutrition, um, training, both running. And I can only imagine the, the cross training and strength training that you got to do to make sure you don't get hurt out there and make sure all of your joints are going to hold up too, because you're also, you're not, you're not a, a, a spring chicken. You're not a young guy as far as the, as far as the joints. Now you're definitely young and healthy as an overall term, but you know, yeah. you're not some 25 year old uh, straight out of college or uh, university, as you call it over there, um, where like, you know, the, the knees are about as good as they'll ever be and whatnot. You know, you're, you're up there in age, as far as you have to protect yourself and you have to train properly to make sure you don't get hurt in an event like this. Um, am I speaking correctly so far? Yeah, abs absolutely. I think, I think, um, I think in the training, if we jump, want to jump into the training, uh, I've done every, I've done everything I could possibly can do to to cover the to cover the ground. Um, so I'm in the best shape of my life. I my nutrition is on point. Um, but for me, and I want to I want to stipulate this. This is this is a massive massive unknown. You know, you can do all the training you want, and you can go out after five mile up there, and you can be done. You know, that's the terrain. You know, my hands are in God's hands at the moment. You when you know, say that, is it because this terrain is very technical? It's very technical. Plus, you, you, the, the, the extreme, the extreme, um, putting yourself through something extreme. I think you can take your body to so far, but also mentally, mentally is massive, massive, massive thing in this, and the desire to win the desire to um to complete the challenge you know I, I i will set off from scotland in the best shape of my life and i will put my hands in god to to take me through that because as my friend said the other day his mate tried it he got 10k into the run and had a heart attack and he was in wow. the fittest shape of his life so, so wait some someone that you know what tried to do the same exact thing you're doing now and only got 10 K in before having a heart attack. Yes, absolutely. That is, that is nuts. Now is first and foremost, is this person okay now? Yeah. Yeah. They, they're, they're okay. Yeah. The, yeah. The, 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 the spot on. Wow. I, I think, I think people realize take the 900 mile away, take the 32 marathons away. Um, is you're putting yourself on into you know extreme situations. You know, I I I've done everything possibly I can to get through this training and get through this this challenge. You know, it's not it's not a given by any stretch of the imaginations that I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna finish this, you know. Um, but I've put myself in the right position to do it and and God willing. Yeah, God absolutely. willing, God, God willing, I, I will, I will, I, I will do it. You know, I, I believe the people need me. You know, we're in a time where people need me, and if I can, you know, if I can do it, then I'm doing it for the people, for the suffering. Um, for for sure. Now, before we continue, because I have tons of questions about your training that I want to ask you here, um, and I I always freestyle these interviews, so these questions aren't written down. Um, I know that's very unprofessional of me, but I just like these interviews to be very natural, very raw, whatever, whatever comes off, you know, that's what we talk about. And, and so be it. Um, before I get into all of the questions that I have, though, remind our listeners why you're doing this. And when I say why, 
uh, I mean, the cause, the the impact. R- remind us what this is for, because you're not just setting this goal to be like, hey, my name is Henry. I have the, the best no. beard and I'm just going to run 900 miles. Remind our listeners why you're doing this and what this is for. So I want to I want to let everyone know this is not about me. This is this is I'm a shy person. This I am a vehicle for this journey. That's all I am. Take my name away from it. Take my beard. Take my hat. Basically, basically we are in now that COVID COVID seems to have gone quiet. Now the biggest epidemic on this planet is male suicide, mental health, PTSD by country mile. So in England at the moment there is approximately 400 people a day attempting suicide. Um, 18, 18 people a day minimum will take their lives and, and go through with it. What I want to do is I want to show people that by coming back from suicide, attempted suicide numerous times, and losing my brother and losing my uncle and losing my friend and, and suffering a pretty horrendous life, that if we... If we take away from the fact that something's happened to us traumatic and we turn that into a positive event, we can actually live a good life and we can actually move forward and help other people. So I think, you know, there's, we, should, we should never worry about what's happened in our past because we can't change that unless we change our future. Um, and, and I want to be, I say I want to, it sounds, I always get a bit shy when I say that, but... I am the voice of the people. The people have come out and said, you know, the country needs you. Um, And I'm very shy about that because I'm just me and I'm not trying to be anything. I'm not trying to be a superhero. I'm just a vulnerable person that needed this as much as anyone else, really. You know, I needed a challenge. I needed to put myself through pain to... um, Sounds a bit airy-fairy, that, but just to show people that there's a way forward. And uh, we've got, we got someone in the... <laughs> and, and, and do you know what? What, what, you don't, what you don't know, and this is just jumping out and coming back in, is I, I ran the Great North on um, Sunday. So the Great North is, a, is the best half marathon. It's the best run on the planet, country mile. There isn't a race on this planet that is good as the Great North. It's a half marathon, and there were 60,000 people there. I was stunned that I would travel 400 miles and so many people knew who I was. So many people wanted to speak to me. So many people wanted to cuddle me. People was crying and saying, what are you doing is incredible. And it, it lifted me. Now, let me, let me stop you here for a second, because uh, a few things that I'm picking up from what you just said. First, I want our listeners to know that Henry from, from the minute that we connected this zoom call, he, he's been smiling ear to ear, um, you know, eye contact. He hasn't looked away. You know, it's just like, it's just, it's perfect. That's everything I remember from the last interview and all the excitement and everything you see on the pictures when you follow this man on social media. But when we get to this topic, you can tell how much it means to him, how much like inner pain there is from bothering, uh, I don't know if bothering is a, a good word, but from from how much he hurts from the people that he's lost and that he loves and how much this means to him. Because once he started talking about that, there is there is no more smiling for that moment, you know, and it was it was almost like I don't even know if you realize, but for a lot of that, too, while you were explaining that you were even like looking down. And I don't mean that on a way to like make it sound bad, but in a way of like it goes to confirm what you said by like how shy you are, like this isn't about you, this is about the cause, and you can tell how much this means to you because you didn't find like joy out of speaking about that topic. It wasn't like, hey, I'm going to go do this fundraiser and I want to raise awareness and I, 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 I. It was, this is what's bothering, this is what's going on, and this is what we need to do about it, but here's how I can help out. And I think, you know, you only said the word I maybe one or two times, because like you said, you're, you have found a way to not make this about you and make this about what it is. Uh, secondly, I also want to point out, I don't know if we covered this in the first interview, um, but this, this whole uh, topic, this, this whole uh, reason for you doing this, it means a lot to me personally as well, because 
this podcast is all about recovery from both substances, um, both alcohol and drugs, and a lot of mental health issues and mental health awareness as well. And my uncle suffered from both of those. Rest in peace to my uncle, Jason. He suffered from both of those. He was extremely addicted to cocaine. And when it pretty much brought him to his rock bottom, he took his own life. And so that, that has been something that has bothered me ever since that day, ever since I found out. Uh, the last interview I actually did with a gentleman named Rod, which you wouldn't know this yet because this isn't public information, but by the time our listeners are hearing this episode, they do know this. Rod is someone that I interviewed who just did a 24-hour run in his local neighborhood uh, where he attempted to try and get four marathons, fell just a little bit short, but still got 80 miles done in the blistering heat and wind. And that was for um, mental health awareness and suicide prevention and substance abuse and people in recovery. So it, it, followed with, it fell with a lot of what you're doing right now, which is the timing couldn't have been any better uh, to be able to get you in and here on this as well, because this has been something I've been talking about all week. Lastly, from what you were talking about, um, what I wanted to bring up is uh shit and i just lost my train of thought here hopefully this will come back <laughs> to me in a second <laughs> this might have to be my first edit job i i completely lost what i was just talking about um that's yeah, what's gonna, good about it yeah i'm gonna have to go back and edit that part but go ahead and uh get back into the uh the the training and and what that's like for you and what your uh uh oh actually go ahead and walk us in walk us through a a week of normal training for you. Oh, and sorry, man, I'm all over the place here. That last nope. thought I was talking about, um, it doesn't surprise me. It might surprise you how many people knew you and recognized you, but it doesn't surprise me at all. You know, following you on social media, on Facebook and seeing everything you're doing and, and for the good cause, it doesn't surprise me even the slightest bit that you're recognized all over, no matter where you go. It wouldn't surprise me if you came to run a race in Florida and people recognized you because that's just what you're doing. That's how you're impacting lives. It's how much you mean to people who are affected by this as well. So it doesn't surprise me in the slightest bit. I think it just goes to show how humble of a man you are and how laid back and shy you are, but you shouldn't be the surprise in the slightest bit because uh, you're just, you're just a savage. Um, like you said, you are in the best shape of your life. Uh, all of your Facebook pictures and videos depict that very, very clearly. So walk us through a typical week of training for you. How many runs are you doing? What does the mileage look like? What does the cross training look like? And follow that right into what nutrition looks like for you these days to be in the best shape of your life. <laughs> so just starting off, this is just a quick, just a quick one. So starting off on this, before I started this challenge, I had to have a load of tests done because I was suffering from really bad chronic fatigue. Uh, so I had some uh, blood tests done in America, which have all come back um, that I was deficient in a lot of stuff. Uh, so I got all that sorted. Um, so training, you know, for the first part of it was first few months was basically training, running 50 minute 10Ks every day. Um, which is fast. Do... That's that is fast. And that's just training. But <laughs> that is yeah. fast. You know, and 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 looking after myself, and then starting ramping it up, and then sort of taking it to, you know, um, up to. What I want to tell you in training as well is, uh, and I want the people to realise that you can overtrain through fear of failure, and that's normally why you fail. Fail failing is not a word I like using because if you try, you don't fail. You know, if you break down, it's for a reason. It's not failing, you know, because you're going out the door. So that's the wrong word, but that's the word that people use. So I've been doing a lot of 10 miles every day. Um, and, and, and at the moment, I'm, I'm running between four and five half marathons a week uh, training. Um, now, when you say four to five half marathons a week, do you mean accumulated mileage or do you mean four to five times you're running 13 point one miles specifically on those days a lot of it's accumulative miles sometimes it might be it might be 15 miles it might be 10 miles basically what i'm doing is i'm i, I think i think sometimes when you're so structured in what you're doing you become very very uh, uh you've had enough 
you know, normally marathon training, you've gone through all your plans and you become stale. So um, Dan Lawson, who we spoke about last time, who holds a world record for what I did, he said, look, he said, you've got the mileage. He said, you just need to keep yourself nice and fresh. So sometimes I might go out and run a three-mile run. Uh, sometimes I might do a six-mile run, then I do a nine-mile run. And then if someone comes along with me and my legs feel good, we might push out a, a one twenty ten 10 miler um, So what I'm trying to do is I'm training my mind. I know this sounds bad. I'm training my mind more than my body because my mind will break down before my body. That doesn't surprise me at all because I've never attempted an ultra marathon, but when I listen to podcasts and I talk to people who run ultras, um, you know, when you go out and you run uh, a 50 mile race or a hundred mile race, when you train, you never run 50 miles or a hundred miles in training. No. You know, you really don't even get close. Like the longest you're really going to do, even if you go run a hundred mile race or a 200 mile race, the longest you're ever running in training is maybe like back-to-back -back days of like Saturday and Sunday, you might do like two 25 mile <laughs> runs back to back. So you might cover like 50 miles over two days. And that's the most you ever do. Because like you said, you, uh, it's, it's more about training your mind to understand those adverse conditions, because when you put the faith into your training, when you get out there, your body is either going to hold up or it's not, but it's your mind that you have to really have trained and prepared. And, you know, once you get into that uncharted territory, because even taking it into the terms that I can personally speak of training for a marathon is 26.2 miles. And I've never ran more than 22 miles in a training run because that four miles, if you've done the proper training, that four miles, it's the adrenaline, it's the emotion, it's yeah. your brain, it's mental, like it'll carry you through and you'll get you there. Um, so I think that that goes a lot to, to what you're saying. So confirming what you said, it, is it safe to say that probably an average week for you as far as mileage is 55 to 60 miles? Is that a fair statement? Probably 50 to 70, depending on how. Um, 50 um, to 70? Um, yeah, 50 so we'll just split miles. it and just say probably 60 miles is a fair average. Yeah, yeah 60 miles. Um, you, your mind will break down before your body will break down because we're all capable of so much more, but we live in boxes. We live in boxes where we feel comfortable. So you, once you come out of them boxes, I'll give you a typical instance and, and I hope people, uh, when they listen to this, realise. If you're walking down the street, there's two instances and you see someone under a car, you probably couldn't lift that car off them. But if you was walking down the street and it was your child or your wife or some of your family, there's an inner strength that we can lift, um, and, and, and it's been proven, you know, you can lift something that you didn't believe you could lift, and that's when you come out of a box, that's when you come out of that comfort zone. And when you come out of that comfort zone, you become very vulnerable, but you grow as a person. Um, and this is what I try and say to people. People talk about, um, and then I'm going to go back to this, um, you know, I can't run this, I can't run that, I'm not a runner this, I'm not a runner that. I said, listen, this is your own journey, you are a runner, go out and do what you do and, and, and gradually get better at what you're doing. And I think for me, um, I think I've seen so many people break down through overtraining and, and there's, there's loads and loads of you know, there's American, there's an there's American thing called the math approach to running, um, which is a heart rate approach. And the guy who sort of invented that, he was going to retire because he was feeling fatigued all the time. And his main problem was his vanity and his, his mask, his mask. He wanted to be the alpha male and he was training because he wanted to show people he was training and he was training on exhaustion, on exhaustion, on exhaustion. He was burning himself out. He broke down and it was only his male ego that was stopping him from, from achieving. So when he took the math approach to running, which was heart rate based on baseline heart rate, highest heart rate, plus, you, plus your age, he, rather than going up, he went up gradually but he become world champion. He become world triathlon champion because he took his ego out of it. And what I want to say to people is, with this, with this, 
with this challenge, I've had to take my ego out of it because I wear, I know this sounds mental, but I wear my watch, my Garmin watch, and I've been running half marathons. And if I run at 220, I'm like mentally thinking, do people think I can't run fast? And it's, and it, and it's an ego thing. And it's an unconscious ego thing. And I was like, people see my Strava and I'm running 11 minute miles. But that's what the challenge requires, 11, 12, 13 minute miles. Some days I'll be walking, you know, I'll be walking up hills. A lot of days I'll be walking, you know. There's not many people that will run 900 miles and 32 marathons without walking. Dan Lawson was the same. He had to walk, you know. He had to have his food on the run. And I think what I want to say to people is, is when you take your ego out of something, you, you grow as a person because there is no... There is no masking of where you are at the stage of your life. And I, and I know you'll probably agree with that, where you was on your journey. If you are at B, don't try go to D because you're going to get found out. And I think that's what's been difficult for me, knowing, knowing that you know I've run all these fast half marathons and all these fast 10Ks, but really in my last lot of training, I've gone to 13, 12, 13, 14 minute miles. And that's almost like walking, but that's what I need to do to achieve what I need to achieve. A hundred percent. Because like you said, you're not going out there and you're, you're not going to be setting PRs as far as speed. Um, no. The only PRs you're going to be setting is the distance that you're covering. So you have to be ready and prepared because let's face it as well. If you go out and you start shooting out with these nine, 10 minute miles from the gate, you're going to fail. Um, yeah. And I, I don't want to use the word fail, but you're not going to get there. You're going to break down. You're not going to have anything left after a certain amount of time because it's just not, feasible. it's not going to be physically feasible. It's, it's just no. not, it's just not humanly possible um, to, to do something like that. So I think you are taking the right approach and I really, really commend your discipline on that and being able to take your ego out of it. Cause I think it's going to help bring you a long way in this journey um, literally and metaphorically. And, I, uh, so what about cross training? What are, are you spending time in the gym? What are you doing to help you with injury prevention and cover some of that stuff as well? So, so with, with, with me, I'm not, I'm not a massive gym fan. Um, and I tell you for why that on that. And I always use, I always use this analogy of, um, people say to me, how do I improve my running? I said, right, you don't improve your running, you improve your core. I said, and then I said, think of a tree. And they go, right. I go, right. Your legs are branches. Your arms are branches. What's the strong, what, what is strong on that tree? And they say the trunk. So I say, right, we'll train your trunk. So I train my trunk. So anything I do at home is, is just normally, obviously stretching and doing my crunches and doing my abdominal workouts. Um, but I'm a fairly neutral runner. I'm, I'm, I'm really core strong. So, I mean, touch wood, I'm going to touch wood now. I don't, I don't tend to get injuries. I just tend to get tight because I'm not heavy on my feet as well. So a lot of people are heavy on the feet and it's normally a core problem or the pronate, you know, the pronate either way. And that tends to be a problem. I don't do that. I'm ten, I tend to be a bit of a neutral runner. Um, so for me, for me, it's all about doing my stomach crunches, doing my abdominal workouts, doing your planking, because that's going to take you. I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily, um, and this is just my approach to it. It's no science in it. I, I don't believe that for me, lifting weights is where I need to be. Um, just purely and simply because if you are doing the correct things and your, knee, your knees are designed to take four times your body weight. So normally injuries are created by inadequacies in certain areas, and they're normally in the core region. And I've seen your physique, and you're, you're what's called body neutral. So you're not, you're not chest strong and you're not back weak. You are a neutral, whereas I'm back strong and chest weak because of my job. So I tend to, my shoulders come in. You'll tend to stay and be more upright than me and your neck be all upright. But 
because you core neutral doesn't mean to say you core strong. And I've got a friend who's built exactly the same as you and he gets injured all the time. And he gets injured all the time because he will not train his core. And he won't have it because he, he knows better than me, but he's the one who gets injured. And he's the one who's 15 years younger than me and, and three stone lighter, but yet he gets injured all the time. And he will not take advice because he knows everything. But uh, Well, I took that. <laughs> I'm taking that to heart because I'm just coming off an injury as well. And, uh, you know, I've been my, my coach and now in physical therapy, they got me working on core. And it's funny because right before we started doing this interview, I was, that, I was just at the gym training cardio. And I've been hitting core now as well. I've been trying to do like 10 to 15 minutes of core at the end of every workout, like three to four times a week. So I'm probably spending uh, a little over an hour a week on core now. So it, it's funny too, because um, I took that statement very personal, but in a good way, because you're, you're speaking very, very true. It's something that, that I need to improve as well. And um, I think it's something that's going to help me a lot here as well. I, I will tell you. All right. Sorry about that. We had to, we had to take a short break. We have a, we have a, a guest, we have a guest here in the studio uh, my, my three-year-old son Bronx, who I've mentioned many times on this podcast, but he was, uh, he was just seeking attention today. So we had to have a little chat, calm him down a little bit. And he, he said, he's going to be a proper co-star now so we can get back into it. So yeah, go ahead. You were, you were speaking about, um, continuing to confirm pretty much how I was telling you that I need to get back into my core training and yeah. Where were you picking up on that? I will, I, I will say to you, we've all believed and promised if you train, if you run the same amount as what you do every week, but you train your core, I will guarantee you, you will smash your times. Um, it's, it's massively, it's massively important. And around, around the people, you know, you only have to look at, you only have to look at Kip Choga, who's obviously a phenomenon, um, world record holder, world record beater, but and now only, two-time Olympian, yeah, Olympian absolutely. gold medalist. To be and do you know what? Take all that away from him. He's the one of the most beautiful human beings. He really is. He's he really is. The way he speaks on humanity and whatnot, he is just. I would love to meet him. He's a, he like he says in his video. He is just a vehicle. Running gives him a platform to create calmness and uh, and, and togetherness, and that's all he is. And do you know, I watched his video, and he, he he's on Sky One. And he literally, his running is about just putting these platforms in place. And then once he's got them platforms in place, everything else takes care of itself. So he's, he's 200 miles a week, which is between 12 and 13 minute miles. Is, is all about his breathing. It's all about his technique. It's all about when he gets to do something like a race, he leaves no, one, no, no stone unturned. And... And to listen to him and the belief and, and what he does, if, if anyone could listen to a video, he's the person that I would say, listen, if you want to be a better human and a better runner and, and love life, go watch his video. Because for me, he's inspirational to me because I, I take a lot out of what he does and I try to emulate it myself, you know? So... Yeah. Not and for, for our listeners that don't know, um, for some reason, if you've never heard the name Eliud Kipchoge, just to clarify, he is he is the GOAT. He is the greatest distance runner, the greatest marathoner of all time. He as of this summer, he is now a back to back gold medalist in the Olympics. Um, I believe he's the first person to ever do that. He has the fastest marathon in the history of the world. And the, the next part doesn't count as a world record, but he also ran the world's only sub two hour marathon. It doesn't count as a world record because it wasn't a sanctioned race and he had pacers and whatnot, but it doesn't take away from the fact that he is still a human being that still ran 26.2 miles in less than two hours. Um, I don't care how many pacers you have. I don't care if you have the guy on the, the trainer on the bike next to you, handing you your, your nutrition. There's a reason that he is the only person in the world that has ever done that. 
And it just goes to speak on his training, his discipline and how serious he takes the sport. And like you said, from what I know from following um, what I do on him, he's just, he is great for humanity. Um, So we, we covered a lot of that. I think we covered pretty much all of the questions I had on your training. So uh, tell us who you're running for uh, as far as sponsors. Cause when we talked to you the first time you had this as a goal, but you had no sponsors, you had nothing. You were just a man on a mission, setting a goal. And you were just a, a one man team essentially. But now it looks like you have sponsors, you have people on board and this is more of an official event now. Yeah. So, so over the years of struggling and trying to get a platform to, speak about mental health has been a real struggle so the 52 for the 52 half marathons i think that was the test to see i was dedicated to the journey uh, we didn't create much money um seven thousand pound um but what we did do is we created people people come come along and said you know you are the link between our loved ones our lost ones you you know who, what we're feeling. And, and there was something magical that was happening and it was organically happening. And, and it started to make me believe that even though the money wasn't coming in, that I was getting to people. People was, you know, what you've got to realise as, as listeners and, and, and as everything is, is I get messages every night from people who've tried to commit suicide. I get people from all over the world, you know, I've had messages, you know, from Australia, New Zealand, Canada, you know, America, uh, everywhere to say that, you know, they believe in what I'm doing. And for me, that is the most important thing. Forget about the money now. The money's a byproduct of what I'm trying to achieve. And um, so we went into this... um, went into this uh, marathon training and um, we've gone on board with a local trust called the Jetson Trust and uh, we've partnered up with them to um, create more awareness. So what we want to do is um, we want to raise £100,000, which we are now have raised 50000 so far before the challenge. Wow. And, uh, and, what we want to do is we want to create uh, what's called a buddy bench. So we want to put a bench in local areas where people can go sit on it. And if the, and that bench will be recognised as a place where people feel sad or people want to talk. So hopefully by someone sitting on the bench, someone will come over and see that they're struggling and they will chat to them. Wow. So it's a way for it's a way for someone to ask for help without having to just go up to people and ask for help. Yeah. So, wow. so it's, basically, it's basically the best. Um, we go back loads, right? So that I take, you know, you know, I take a lot out of Forrest Gump and, um, you know, my look and, you know, the last street he walked down was Henry street, my name. So there's a lot of things in there. But the most iconic thing in Forrest Gump was sitting on a bench and talking about your life. And for me, it just, a bench symbolises something that's living and something that's breathing and something that brings two people together that would not normally speak. And, and for me, even though it's just a bench, it's a powerful symbol of two energies coming together. And if that bench is, um, if that bench is recognised worldwide as, as a bench to sit on for people who are struggling, you know, it's, for me, it's not reinventing the wheel. For me, it's using something as a symbol, a symbol that you can sit down and you can just talk and not be judged. Because we all do it. We all sit on a bench and we talk to people who we wouldn't normally talk to. Or you might say... Have, a, have you had a nice day? How are you feeling? And I think it just opens, I think it just opens that door for people. And I've realized in this journey, um, for me, and, and I always sidetrack to certain things that's happened. I did a podcast uh, for a running club um, called What the Fartlet um, the other day. 
And what I, what I want to tell the viewers is this is not just about male suicide awareness. That was the vehicle that got me going. This is about everyone across the board who's suffering. And, and I told me story on separate occasions and they said, do you know what? They said, your vulnerability and who you are, you've made us want, you've made us want to tell our story. We feel now we can tell our story because you've told your story. And I think the bench is going to allow us to do that. Um, and, and also, also with the money, we want to create, I've got loads of projects and we could talk for 10 years, me and you. <laughs> we sure could. So, so, so my other, my other, the other project that we're coming together with is um, we want to we want to take people, i.e., not just. I'm going to use this because this will just narrow it down. We want to retrain ex-military and ex-service people who are struggling to be counselors because they've had life experiences, you know. I think what's the hard thing about, and I know you'll have gone through this, the hard thing of being with a counsellor is, is sometimes you can't speak to people because you've learned it out of a book. You've got to have had a life experience. Yes. You've got to know how that black pit of despair feels. Because if you don't, all you're doing is, for me, all you're doing is pushing someone onto the next meeting. And sometimes... When you're scripted, you say the wrong things, and sometimes you need to say the things what people need at that time, and sometimes that might not be what they want to hear. You know, you hit the nail on the head with that one. I couldn't agree with you more. And I think that bench idea is one of the most spectacular things I've ever heard. Um, it's just you, you give me chills just talking about these ideas and how much you want to change the world is just it's just truly unbelievable, Henry. It's you really are a gift. Um, and, and you're a vessel and, and you're using your body and you're getting ready to punish the shit out of your body um, to continue spreading this message. And what you're doing is just, you know, it's, it's truly a remarkable and unbelievable attempt and feat that you're going for here. Um, so when exactly, when are you starting and when is your schedule? Cause if I read, if I read that little social media flyer that you posted correctly, it seems like you're doing like a Monday through Friday and you're going to take like Saturday and Sunday to rest. If I, if I understood it correctly. So I'll give understood it. So, so I'll just reversing back a bit. Dan Lawson, the ultra marathon runner said to me, why are you running seven days a week? He said, why are you trying to get the journey over fast? He said, you are the voice of the people. You need to be out there you know, speaking to people. He said, if it takes you eight hours for a marathon, that's eight hours for you to have your platform. Um, so he said, why don't you run five days? And then the two days will be to go into a city, i.e. a big city in England, whether it be Manchester, Liverpool, Bristol, Warrington. He said, and why don't you just spread the message? You know, stand in a square and spread the message and, and be a symbol of hope to people. He said, you know, People are going to see you on social media going down, you know, going down these big roads. He said, but you're almost going to be distanced from them. You know, why don't you, you know, run into a town, you know, create, create this excitement? Because I think for me, if, and I spoke on, on the podcast the other day, if we're waiting, I'm not going to get political on this. If we're waiting for the government to make this right, then we're in deep shit. You know, so it's going to take people like me to give people the platform to to start their journey, and, and for me to go into a town and run into a town, and 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 people can share in my energy. For me, that's the most important thing on this journey. I love it. So is that. Is that correct? That is how you're doing it then? So you're doing the Monday through Friday and then you're taking the weekends. So yeah. how many, so is the, the overall venture then, uh, what is, what does that give you? Like, is this going to be like a seven, a seven week thing then eight weeks, give or take because of the weekends off seven, 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 seven week, two days. So, so it's 32 marathons in 32 days, essentially, but with the weekends off. Um, so you, you'll finish on a Tuesday, I assume. I hadn't even thought that much. Uh, I think it's the 3rd of November I finish. Okay. And when do you start? 
I start um, on Monday. Okay. This Monday so, coming up. Monday coming up, yeah. Love it, love it. And just so our listeners know, we are recording this episode on right now on Wednesday the 15th. So that is going to be Monday the 20th in just five days. He's getting ready to just take off on this amazing feat that we just discussed. Um, you'll be finishing up early November. So pretty much as soon as you go home and you get a chance to sleep for an entire day and eat everything that you can find in sight and you feel like a normal human being again and you get all that stretching done, uh, I want to get you right back in here to follow up on how you felt and, and what it was like. And I would like to get you in as, as close to finishing as possible to really have as much of that natural remembrance, you know, because you're always going to remember what it was like, but I think the closer we get you uh, to when you actually finish, it's going to feel you'll, you'll have a lot of details you can really share with, with our listeners on what it was like both on the runs and your weekends of spreading the message. And just, I think that would be just, it would be so, so cool. And if you want to, if you want to bring a crew member on for the interview that might want to speak what they witnessed from you as that point too, you know, uh, all, all are welcome in this situation because I'm, I'm giving you the complete stage here. Cause I'm just so excited on what you're doing. And this is just unbelievable. I'm, I'm excited. I'll tell you what I am excited as well is, and we haven't plugged this and I want to really plug it this. So, and I, I want to say this because I think things happen for a reason. And all the struggles with the money and, you know, and what people don't realize is that I funded most of this. So out of my own pocket, the challenge, everything. Uh, so last year when I ran my 52 half marathons, I, I had a young man um, message me to say, he actually the same name as me. Well, he was David Ainsley, I'm Henry Ainsley. And uh, he asked me, would I come and run a half marathon in memory of his son? And uh, I always think things happen for a reason and we become lifelong, beautiful friends and we help each other. And one of his friends who was there um, was very generous with uh, helping me on my journey. You know, he worked on an oil rig, you know, him and his friends are very generous. And um, he, he started a new venture now, which is called Hoddle Assets. And they're basically like a... a I don't, I don't understand this. You'll understand this because I'm not tech, but like not Bitcoin, something similar to that. So that type of thing. And uh, he has sponsored me £15,000 uh, T-shirt sponsor, which you'll see the new T-shirts coming out. Uh, but what they've also done is, which is, so they're, I think it's a cryptocurrency type thing. Yeah. Um, what they've done is they've asked me to create 32 iconic photographs of me traveling down the country and they will auction them off across the world and um, so cool as works of art so there'll be one-off works of art so this potentially could be absolutely incredibly massive and, and what i want to say is with the jets in trust and hoddle um uh, they're supporting me really well and 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 they're giving me the platform to do what I do and they really believe in me and I've become I've become a face for Hoddle and uh, and the Jets in trust of, of 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 pushing forward and and they've got loads of ventures on all over the world you know helping people out who are suffering in different areas and and with the Hoddle group they've come on board now as the main sponsor and they're literally pushing they're pushing everything in a really positive way and they want to push me for every challenge, you know, in the future. I mean, I've already started at the moment with some ventures for next year, i.e. soup kitchens. So I'm going to roll out the Bearded Runner Soup Kitchen. I'm also going to roll out, um, speaking to the councils at the moment, um, allotments for people to grow their own vegetables and fruit and, 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 and come together as a group. I'm also talking to people who supply tea bag companies, but not like the normal ones. Just we've got so many things that are happening at the moment. And this is going to be for me, this this could be the biggest thing to happen in this country this year regarding someone who's not a celebrity doing a challenge. This could be the most incredible thing and the wake up for mental health that's happened this year. 
I love it. This gives me chills. This totally gives me chills. I, I absolutely love everything about this. Um, yeah. So with that being said, you know, I think this pretty much gets us up to this up gets to us it. up to, to, to where we wanted to be today for this part of the interview. And then we're going to go ahead and do a follow-up with you as well. As soon as you get back, and we're going to talk about everything that you did. And I'm just so excited to hear how the journey was and to follow you on social media through this journey. I'm just, you know, again, I can't explain the, the chills, the goosebumps I'm getting, just thinking about you being out there and doing this. It just, it makes my heart smile so much, just knowing how many people that you're trying to help and the lives that you're going to impact over the next uh, month and a half, you know, seven weeks. It's just, wow, you're you're trying to change the world. And I, I think you're, you're definitely going to, you're definitely going towards in the right direction right now. And this is just going to be absolutely unbelievable. So is there anything else that you feel that you need to, or want to share with our listeners before you get started here this weekend, or have we, have we covered everything at this point? I, th I think we've, I think we've covered most bases. I would just want to want to say to people, Start your journey, start believing, and go for it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, man, you you really are. You're you're gonna change lives with this one, Henry. The the bearded runner is gonna change lives for the better. You know, you're just an absolute human being. I can't wait to meet you in person one day and just give you a massive hug because sure. it would just be it's 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 just gonna be so special. One day we got to make this happen. So. With that being said, we're going to leave you here. I want to let you get back to whatever you got to do this, the rest of this week and this weekend, get started on one of, if not the most amazing journey that I've ever personally heard of in my entire life. And, and especially from someone that I've had a chance to talk to about it directly. This is just, it's insane. I can't stop rambling about it because this is just unbelievable. Uh, so with that being said, on behalf of uh, everyone on Instagram, everyone on all of our social media platforms, everybody on the original Facebook community group with the Stang Fit ODAT, which you are very, very active in there. And we definitely appreciate all of your inspiration that you share with everybody. Uh, I know everybody appreciates you and they can't wait to see you start this journey. And behalf of all of our podcast listeners as well, Henry, uh, we want to wish you the best of luck starting next week. We hope everything goes well. We want you to stay as safe and as healthy as possible out there. I want you to have as much fun as possible. We want you to raise as much awareness as possible. We want you to continue staying healthy, continue staying fit. And Henry, my brother, tell us how you're doing it. One day at a time. I absolutely love it. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Staying Fit Odette. If you yourself identify as someone in recovery, whether it be from alcoholism, substance abuse, anxiety, depression, or any other type of mental health issue, then please join the group on Facebook at Staying Fit O-D-A-A-T, three different words. If you do not identify as someone in recovery, but you like everything we have going on and you want to continue staying in the loop with everything, then please follow us on Instagram at Staying Fit O-D-A-A-T. You can also email us with any questions, comments, or concerns at stayingfitodaat at gmail.com. Until next time, just know you're loved, continue staying healthy, continue staying fit, and please keep doing this one day at a time.